0: In this episode, I sit down with the owners of Blaylock's Whiskey Bar. This is Headphones Recommended. All right, Michael Shipley with Headphones Recommended. Thanks for tuning in. I am sitting down with the owners of Blaylock's Whiskey Bar. I've got Michael Angeletta, Corey Tubner, and Ben Thompson with me. Thanks for being on, guys. Yeah, Thanks, Tom. No uh, so let's start at the beginning. Michael, we're going to start with you. Uh, Your episode number one. Where were you before Blaylocks? What were you doing? What's the story? Um,
1: My trade is working in software and tech, so I have almost no knowledge of bars or whiskey. (laughs) I do have some knowledge of starting businesses, though.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't your field before. No, not at all. No, okay, yeah. And so specifically,
1: like, what were you doing? Um, What was your job? My job, and I still uh, do this job, actually, is Mm -hmm. I run marketing for a company based in Paris, France.
0: Nice, okay, yeah, a little flex, Paris. Exactly, that's my commute. All right, (laughs) and so where did the, your commute, where did the idea for Blaylocks come from? It came from my friend, uh, Seth Howard.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, He had, uh, he'd been talking about- yes (laughs) yes <laughs> and uh he'd been talking about it for about two years and uh at one point we were sitting down having a drink so let's do it let's just go do it uh-huh. and uh you know for me i get a lot of gratification from just building and starting a yeah. new business it's the challenge and the fun of building something from scratch where you have an idea on a napkin and actually making it reality
0: yeah and so you you've actually you've started businesses before i
1: have for better and worse yeah some, some succeeded <laughs> some didn't work so well yeah just better yes definitely <laughs> I, I, better
0: so just to, um, just for a little bit perspective, like what if uh, how many ventures like what number of venture is this for you? A lot of people come into this and they think, you know what, I'm gonna start this business. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my shit. I'm gonna make it happen. It's gonna be a wild success. I'm you know they wanna they wanna end the game with a score of one zero, right? So. What number of venture is this for
1: you? Um, if I'm including the bad memories, I'd say probably about six. That would be my sixth venture, yeah. Yeah,
0: but each one of those is gaining a lesson and learning something from Always. it and carrying it from it, right? And so that's... that's. Uh, I was talking with the gentleman before we started, right? With Ben and Corey before we started and talking about like how you've got a bit of a dream team in here. And I think that level of experience that you brought in ahead of time was, uh, was probably one of the... Uh, that's definitely one of the factors that I think has led to like, the success of this business as a oh, whole. Oh, without right? a doubt. Awesome. Without a
1: doubt. I mean, the wisdom these two guys bring to the table, respectively. You know, Corey, um, he's a genius with cocktails. Ben is a librarian and has so much wisdom about every whiskey in the world. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't do it without those two guys.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, Blaylocks is now an idea on, this, on the timeline where we're at right now. It's an idea. What were your next steps? What were the things you had to go through?
1: And this is, this is where I get excited. This is my fun part is um, yeah. <laughs> basically, I know how to start a business only one way and it's the way I've always done it in tech and software, right? Mm-hmm. Can, can that apply to a bar and whiskey? And um, I guess it can. So yeah. did a business plan, did a financial model, Um, Built an advisory board. Corey was one of our first advisors. He was my favorite bartender. I'd always go to the Astoria House and Bistro. And I said, man, he makes amazing cocktails. It would be great to have his advice when we build our cocktail menu. Uh So I said, Corey, do you want to help join our advisory board? And he kindly said yes. Uh And uh, Dwayne over at uh, Bridge and Tunnel was kind Uh enough to help us get some insight on the local area here. Um, He told us, you know, what, what does a Friday look like? What does a Saturday look like? What does a summer versus a winter look like in this corner of the world with Reach Break mm-hmm. and the Cider Works, um, We had Phil Spencer, he was our chef advisor. He's over at Smoke Bones, mm-hmm. uh, he's got some amazing culinary chops. And then Misha over at Street 14 who helped on the business side of things. So that's how we started. It was just, okay, there's this idea on a napkin. Now let's make it reality. Let's see like what is our roadmap to actually building this thing out. So the business plan, the financial model, getting advisors, great. Now we've got our team and we've got our plans. Now we have to obviously execute. Yeah. And then you need to have some money to execute, too. Uh-huh. So uh, I actually um, went to a lot of uh, friends and friends of friends uh, asking if they'd be interested in investing in a bar. Yeah. And uh, that's not exactly what people would say is the best investment, right? It's no. Like...
0: <laughs> no, there's there's plenty of them that are yeah. open and then immediately <clears throat> closed. or Yeah.
1: So what they say, I guess you tell any of your investors who are going to invest in your bar is, like, just be prepared to lose it. It's a bar. Mm-hmm. The good thing with a bar is if you're successful, you can get a nice return. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of people believe in the idea and the team uh, to give us a good portion of the startup funding. And um, the rest came um, from myself and some from Seth. And uh, we got the funding and then we put together the team to build it. And in Astoria, it's really hard to do that. To get contractors, no. um, because they have a million other jobs that they can choose from. Yeah, no
0: hate to you, contractors out there. It's <laughs> just that you're all so wonderful and you're all so busy. That's what it is. You're right? also wanted. Yeah, get and them. wanted. <laughs> so just in case, I invite any of you to come on an episode later. We love you. So go ahead.
1: So I can keep <laughs> geeking out. It was fun putting together the pieces. So we got Susie over at Cherry at Home to help us with the design. Mm-hmm. Um, most of her jobs have all been in Portland and Seattle, so this was her first chance to shine here. Yeah. Um, so we came to Susie with some ideas, right? We had a document saying this is what Blaylock's the personality would be like. If you sat down and wanted to have a beer with Blaylocks, this is what it would feel like. You know, it's classy but humble and mm-hmm. um, real, and so on and so forth. And then she took all those ideas and was able to turn it into a kind of a mockup. Yeah. And she gave us a couple of choices. Um, one looked like a Havana-Cuba cigar bar, which was kind of cool looking. Yeah, Didn't really fit what we were trying to do here, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, we obviously chose a different direction, and that's what you see here today. That's for our future, future TV yeah. lounge. That's right, yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> and so, no, a lot of folks, like I hear, like, I, I talk to businesses and I talk to individuals who were like, you know, yeah, I've got this vision for this space. Uh, classy but humble seems like it's something to really that may be a little difficult to capture, but I think you guys got it in here. For anybody who hasn't been in to the actual shop, I, it, the bar is gorgeous. I mean, the uh, just just the entire feel of the spot, like you just it just feels cozy and unassuming, but still like just it just has that level of class to it too that I just dig. Well, I think it's the awesome. the
1: thing that also makes it humble is the friendly service that these guys provide. Right, yeah. it would be very easy to. Well, grow a twirly mustache and have your nose up in the air. And uh, that's not what we wanted to do here. Yeah. And that's the roots of Astoria, too. I mean, the roots of Astoria is working class. And that's one of the things we try to do is have a homage and a nod to the history of this place. So that's yeah. why we've got maritime. That's why we've got logging. Yeah. That's why we have an elk there. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why you yeah. see all the pictures okay. here are true historical pictures from the local area.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So um, at this point, so we go back into the timeline. Um, you did you look at multiple spaces? Did you just land on this one and say this is going to be it?
1: We got really lucky. Yeah, um, this space had been sitting empty for almost three years, I think. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was a travel agency.
0: Yeah, I've seen the pictures online. This place was a it was a vanilla, boring ass office. Mm. And kind of hard the, to imagine, the, right? the transformation is is incredible in here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I still can't quite believe what it looks like now compared to what it was. I uh-huh. couldn't see it. I didn't have this. You know, Susie, the designer, she could see it. It's like, don't yeah. worry about it. It's like how can we possibly transform this place but uh yeah we got really lucky the timing uh, was just so when uh, a previous uh prospect for this place uh fell through Mm -hmm. and we happened to be asking at just the right time and the ownership of the building was just in transition so we got lucky there as well yeah and uh, this building has the history and the bones of something special so it's not just a kind of a row building somewhere uh like well Let's just say I like this building. Yes. <laughs> this, this building,
0: for those of you who haven't been on over here, the building genuinely does have character inside and out. And now it's like inside you guys did an absolute number in here. So you've got the building. You are um, the uh, – experience any difficulties? You know, like – None. None at all. None. <laughs> and and uh, remind me to look up sarcasm on Google <laughs> later. Uh, so the uh, what kind of roadblocks did you find? Yeah. So
1: um, – A lot of them are the usual roadblocks you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say there was an obsession to open uh, by summer because summer is when all the tourists come into town. That's when the business hits full swing. So come hell or high water, the goal was let's open this place in summer. So that meant a lot more stress than maybe if you didn't have it time boxed. Uh, We went over budget a little bit. So um, as everything goes, you know, like this double-sided fireplace turned into a hellacious uh, job. Um, you know, no, one, no contractor wanted to install it, first of all, so just to find somebody <laughs> to do it, uh-huh. um, and then going through, well, we're going to do gas, we're going to do electric, all these little decisions, but they all have a time frame, and then you make a decision on a fireplace, and then it never arrives, and then you call the supplier, <laughs> where is it? And they said, oh, we shipped it, but we never got it, and then you lose yeah. a month there, or a door, which arrives broken. And then it's two month backlog. So those are the things uh-huh. you can't like in the digital world, you just move a virtual box. Yeah. It's really easy to fix a problem. Uh-huh. Here you've got to wait for, you know, physical hard goods to arrive. And yeah. that could be months out. Wow. So we lost some time and went over budget a little bit.
0: But you got through that. We did. Right? And now you're getting ready, you're you're ready to open the doors, right? Corbin, Ben, when did you guys come in? Uh, I guess they probably got a hold of me and in...
2: Oh uh, boy, I was gonna say February or March. January, February is early. Yeah, yeah it was really early. We just in the had process. a business plan, I think, at the yeah. time. Yeah, and they just asked me to uh, put together like six or eight kind of classic cocktails to go along with their um, old world, what we call old world classic whiskey bar cocktails. Yeah. To make a, a new world menu that was just kind of a twist on those and something kind of playful and interesting that would bring you know your your old school whiskey drinkers to the bar and go oh. Well, this is this is the one I'm used to but these look interesting and cool so yeah. let's try one of these um, yeah and then eventually it, it just became consulting went to working here instead yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then uh, I think Ben was actually probably contacted before I was I don't know I was um, I'd heard rumors about this whiskey bar gonna
3: open in town because I was working at uh, Fort George before that and I really was interested more in whiskey. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing here in town, really, that was whiskey-based. Yeah. So I heard this rumor, and I was with a friend at Street 14 having breakfast. Just talked to my friend, like, oh, this whiskey bar, da-da-da. And suddenly the person sitting next to me reached over. He's like, oh, excuse me, you talking about the, the whiskey bar? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, my name's Seth. And introduced himself. <laughs> it was one of the owners of the Time Seth. And talked to him, told him, like, my history in whiskey and stuff. And maybe three, four weeks later, he contacted me, like, oh, hey, do you want to work for us when we open? So it's perfect time to get in. Now, as far as um, using some of my whiskey knowledge, they didn't bring me in to help curate the collection at first. Actually, my first, my first job here was they brought me in, and I said, okay, we have these 125 Scotch whiskeys for the menu, or not 100, we have 125 whiskeys for the menu, we need you to help pare it down. Like, get that number down to 100. So my first job was actually to get rid of whiskey, yeah. which, which is heartbreaking, but it was a test to get <laughs> me in, so we're now,
0: now I can build it back up. So. And when you're in, and it's what's the whiskey collection at now?
3: Almost at 200. Almost 200. Almost 200. Yeah. Wow. We started with 100. So. Yeah.
0: And so now, Ben, when you were picking the different yes. whiskeys, right, did you keep in mind like the, uh, you know, lower end, higher end, or was it like, you know, we just want the greatest selection possible?
3: Well, the, the first 100, I really wasn't too much of a part of, of setting it up. Seth and Michael had kind of figured that out, but then in the discussion of what we cut down to get to 100... Um, We talked a lot about Astoria and what whiskey would mean here and what people would know about whiskey. Because Astoria is not like a whiskey capital. People here don't know as much about it necessarily, but they're interested in it. So we talked about price points. We tried to start with stuff that people would know, especially Scotch history or Scotch whiskey was more my forte, what I know about. So we talked about keeping the names, keeping the numbers, like the ages, like what people would recognize or know to start with. And then we kind of... From there we've kind of grown it in different directions to like bring in stuff that we'd want to introduce to people that we can like get people excited about. Like here's where to start, but now let's take you on
2: this trip, let's take you on this adventure, let's go yeah. here. Yeah, we've definitely moved more towards educational whiskey bar and yes. less of the um uh, you know, the oh, there's that name I know. Right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Trying to get people off that habit. Like start there good, but then yeah, you like that, let's get
3: let's talk about this. Let's talk about this whiskey from now from Welsh. Let's talk about the Taiwanese whiskey, let's move in these directions. Yeah. Wow.
0: I, I want to get into that more. Yeah, I do. But let's get back. OK, so now, you know, you've you've got the dream team set up, right? You know, the uh, um, we've got master bartender, we've got whiskey and scotch expert. We're ready to go. You open the doors. What's that first day like? <laughs> wow. That was friends so, and family day. Friends, family day. <laughs> <Woo. coughs> yeah, we, that's it right. That, that was, yeah. It was funny. How many people
1: were friends and family day? There yeah. weren't even that many people, right? More friends than I have, that's yeah. for sure. Okay. <laughs> but it was a smaller group, maybe 20 people. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it was our private launch, right? Because we yeah. knew we were going to screw stuff up. I mean, it's inevitable, <laughs> oh, go. right? got to break up. this place in. And, yeah. Um, and it was a it was a tough night, actually, all things yeah, considered. I mean, yeah. But you'd That's expect exactly. it. Yeah, but yeah uh-huh. once you've been working
2: in a bar for a while, it's just like kind of second nature of like, there's something over here, I need it, I picked it up, I don't even
1: have to look at it. It's just, yeah. I know where it is. Yeah. First day in a new bar is like, uh. It's like cooking what? in a new where's kitchen, everything? yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and when I say tough night, it really was they actually did great. Um, it's just relative to when we actually did the grand opening when we had a shit ton of people here. Uh-huh. And they rocked it. And it was like a perfect night. Yeah. So it's, it was just kind of ironic that it was great that we ironed out all those kinks on the friends and family night. And then we did a soft launch night as well yep. mm-hmm. where we invited you know, VIPs, whomever that might be, in the community to come. And so they came, they had a good time. We did feedback cards every night, yeah. and we got all smiley faces, so we said, okay, we must be going down the right path. Rather than that, they're just being really nice to us. I stopped listening to
0: you as soon as you said that you invited VIPs, and I don't remember uh, getting my invite, <laughs> and so like, oh, well, the rest of VIPs. this interview, I, I could really care less about now. <laughs> so, I really could. I can do two shits. Okay, but so, uh, when, what, what are the dates for so, so we did Family night, soft uh, open, and uh, hard June 15th?
1: open. 15th? Yeah, well, family night was a Wednesday yeah. and then yeah. we did a, a soft Whiskey uh, private Wednesday. launch on Thursday uh-huh. and then we took Friday off I right. think we yeah. all ended up at the Liberty Theater watching Blind, Blind Pilot, Pilot or something just resting up getting ready for the big day for uh-huh. Saturday and I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys' story so on Saturday um I didn't know if anybody was going to show up, honestly. Uh-huh. I, just, I just went to the worst possible place, man, is anybody going to show up? My, my girlfriend was here in town, so she was bearing witness to my stress level. And uh, So I, I took out a bunch of Facebook ads thinking, I got to do something, I got to uh-huh. do something. I need to turn a lever to have some control. And so I kept submitting these Facebook ads uh-huh. and none of them would get approved. <laughs> and every hour I'd look and I'd do another ad uh-huh. pending, 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 yes. pending. And with, you know, Facebook, big company, can't do anything about it. No. Right? And so no, you leave t- your
0: offering at the altar and yeah. then you yeah. just wait. Right. And you for, wait, yeah. yeah. For, for Lord ways. Zucks yeah. to bless you. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: And I'm asking my girlfriend, "Do hey, you think it's because we're alcohol business? Are they, are they, are they waiting to approve it? Is it extra you know, hurdles we have to go through? What's going on here? And I think by when all of a sudden I'd submitted seven ads and none of them were approved.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And so at that point, I'm printing out something last minute on the printer. I should have been here already. You guys were already here. And, um, I got a uh, text message from a friend, and investor. He said, you need to get your ass down here. Your place is slammed. And I said, seriously? <laughs> he said, seriously, get down here now. That was my deep sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> and I got here and there was a line out the door. Nice. So, How yeah. about you
2: guys? Yeah, I mean, it was, that first week was a whirlwind. Um, I think we were open from noon until like 11 o'clock yeah. every night for like the, the first, first week few or two. weeks or so. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I just felt like we kind of lived here for a while and... Yeah, we it was good. It was a lot of a lot of people that you know we're used to seeing and then also a whole lot of new faces too, which is great in a in a new bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I guess I, I remember the first. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's just a blur. Just a it's blur. We just did we pre Do we pregame a little beforehand? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> it would have made sense. What a Corey's point. Just, we were open, we're open a long time. Yeah. We, uh-huh. we opened really early
1: and stayed open later because we didn't know like well, when are people going to come here. Yeah. So let's be open longer than we know we're eventually going to be open yeah. just to figure we it to out, to figure yeah. out that yeah. pattern. Took us a few months to finally be like, okay,
2: knock that one back and. You know, don't be open at noon on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Kids and Dogs Day, it's not a <laughs> risky afternoon, apparently. <laughs> right. uh,
0: yeah,
2: that was, uh, <clears throat> it was fun. It was, it was good trying to, you know, work out the kinks and <clears throat> and just see how people received us. It was great. And we received very
0: well, I think. Very well, yeah. That's awesome. And and so,
3: I didn't know Corey before we opened this, so we opened yeah. it to Beaster as a Fort George, so then to just suddenly be thrown into this crazy mix with... Pretty much just the two of us running the operation uh-huh. at the time was just, but it worked out really well. Yeah. I
0: want to get more into that in just a moment. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back. I want to hear more about your guys' experience, like behind the bar. I want to hear more about like you know um, growth for the business, and then also um, what's what's the future look like? You know, like do you guys have future plans? So we're going to take take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm still sitting down with a gentleman from Blaylock's Whiskey Bar. So, uh, Corey and Ben specifically, I want to talk a little bit more about what's your experience behind the bar, running it, like, you know, you guys talked about, like, when you started out, just the two of you, you guys were swamped those first few weeks, what was that experience like?
2: Well, still just the two of us, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's overwhelming or it wasn't overwhelming, but it was definitely uh, kind of a new experience just to be, Everything yeah, um, I think everywhere else I've worked. I was pretty much at least working with Like four other people at a time, you know, yeah. at least a chef and a, like a host and a barista And then me as a bartender and a waiter So when it's just me and Ben running things it, it definitely feels um, Like it could get out of hand, but it never has the like, size of the space really limits like how many people can be in here at one mm-hmm. time so it really
3: kind of self regulates itself to what. What's going on? Crowd control by controlled square footage. By Yeah,
0: square footage. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I mean, then you you were named uh, bartender Corey. Uh, uh, yeah. Corey, sorry, yes, sorry. Corey. <laughs> you were named bartender of you know like Reader's Choice bartender for how many years? Uh, I think it, it was I four mean, years now. A million. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah. dawn of time. And so it's not it's not even like you you know you came in as this experienced bartender you know one that individuals really enjoyed that you did a great job everything was good there. And still, like, just, you know, just happen to be able to take over this on your own, you know, like, manning that station and hitting all those folks at the same time, still overwhelming?
2: No, I would not say it's overwhelming. It's never really been overwhelming to me. Like, I remember the first couple of weeks, Michael would come in and go, how do you feel being on stage behind the bar there? And it's like, I don't know, it's second nature to me at this no. point. Yeah. I mean, at the coffee house, it was pretty much the same setup where I was in like a horseshoe shaped bar Mm -hmm. and people on all sides. So there's, there's no way to get away from anybody or have a (laughs) private moment to yourself. Uh, I gotta go get some liquor in the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's just kind of, kind of what I'm used to. Um, I started, well, not bartending, but I started in the restaurant industry when I was about 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going up to Klatsa, Community College for my last couple of years of high school and started busing and I started waiting and then started bartending under uh, Rich Ewing over at the, uh, what's it called? The Inferno Lounge. Uh-huh. He was kind of like my sensei there along with Mark yeah. Thompson, who's I believe now the art teacher here in Estoria High School. So a couple of really great guys that kind of gave me a great introduction into bartending and uh, customer service on the yeah. bar end of things. So yeah, it just, uh, my... Evolution bartending has just been kind of one of trying to find what Astorians like, Mm -hmm. which this is definitely a whiskey-heavy town, which works great for us. Uh, Gin and vodka are right up there. We don't have a whole lot of tequila or rum drinkers. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually what my menu focuses on is whiskey and gin and vodka, The few of the others thrown in there. I like to do my own infusions. Um, I try to you know, find interesting liquors that you don't usually find at most bars and then maybe use them in a way that you wouldn't even expect.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna interrupt you just for a moment. For, for those who don't know, can you explain what an infusion is?
2: Um, so basically taking a neutral grain spirit and then adding you know, fresh, in my case, local ingredients from places like, uh, like Pat's Pantry, amazing spice shop right here right in town. Shout out Pat's. Uh, also, like Gypsy's whimsy, she's got amazing like teas and herbs and stuff that I can really kind of find that little odd thing that that really bumps up the flavor or makes somebody go, "What is that? Why does that remind me of yeah. my childhood?" Or, "What is this?" <laughs>
0: well, yeah, it's just that you know that little bit of uh, chamomile or whatever it's, it is. It's flavored with the disappointment of my parents. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of childhood. Yeah. yeah of <laughs> just kidding. By the way, they were they were great. They were great. They still are. Um, the, uh, awesome. And so, and do you offer like, I'm like, you know, uh, for those of you who are watching the video, like I'm we're, we've got the wall of whiskey behind us. Are those like those infusions, are they offered on over here and available?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So right now I have a, a coconut fat washed bourbon, mm-hmm. um, a thyme liquor, a espresso infused rum, uh, yes. vanilla vodka, uh, hibiscus liquor. Let's see what else. Over, oh, a peanut butter bourbon. Uh, Cinnamon bourbon, peanut butter bourbon. Peanut butter bourbon. So we had some people coming in for a couple weeks and asking us for this thing called Screwball, which is Mm -hmm. basically uh, very sweet, very artificial flavored whiskey. Sorry, Screwball, Um, I'm not a fan. (laughs) But but a new peanut
3: butter whiskey that people came in asking about crazy. Uh where thought, well, let's just try... I'll just try make my mine. own. I mean, I've done yeah. so many
2: infusions before, yeah. it's like peanut butter, that's not a problem. That's, that's an easy one. Anything with an oil in it is going to infuse into a liquor very easily.
0: Really, and so it just... And, and like it just like literally just like breaks down and well, just disintegrates into the alcohol.
2: I still have to um, take out the, the solids, uh-huh. but you'll see it right there. It's the one on the far left, and or not quite far left, a little orangey looking one. Two to your left. Yeah yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can see it's got some solids at the bottom and a little oh, bit yeah. of oil at the top there, but it's all flavor. There's uh-huh. You can't go wrong with that. I make basically uh, like a liquid peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter cup, Martini out of that (laughs) or peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. or uh, I was doing a peanut butter and jelly or what we called a PB and J peanut bourbon and jelly. Nice. (laughs) Um, so yeah, just like, you know, cook down some, um, organic Concord grape juice until it was a syrup. Mm -hmm. And then a little of that, a little bit of simple syrup, a little squeeze of that, uh, Concord grape around the edges. Looks great. You know, dripping down the edges, all that. And yeah, tastes great too. Wow.
0: Michael, I see why you needed to bring him in. Oh yeah, right? for sure. You know, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. it's. I, I love anybody who can like, they can take their passion and they can take their talent, but they can also put that creativity level in there, and yeah, it's it's shown. Well, one pleasant
1: surprise for me with Corey was uh, his creative, creativity doesn't just apply to the cocktails; it also applies to the food. So, mm-hmm. Corey's made his own tweaks to some of our food items and made yeah. them better as nice. well. So that was a nice surprise.
0: Awesome. See, I'm telling you, super team. (laughs) That may be part
1: of why I
2: make good cocktails is because I cook a lot at home. And so I do, you know, and my mom cooked all the time. She was always cooking. We never ate anything out of a box, basically. And so all my experience with food and drink has been fresh ingredients and amazing spices. And so I just try to translate that to what I do behind the bar. Nice.
0: Ben, I want to hear a little bit more from you, man. The uh, so no, no, it's all Corey here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just behind the scenes, no, Corey's be on it. stage. That's right. it. cool. <laughs> what the hell do you even do? <laughs> Why are you even here? Yeah. I just deliver drinks to people. At, you know, yeah. <laughs> so no, talk a little bit more. <clears throat> like you know, and so we know that you help. Do you, conti- you continue to help to be able to curate the selection?
3: Yeah, one of my favorite things here, we started with about 100, 110 whiskies, was taking over the curation of this collection. We, l- we look at it as that. It's not just whiskies, it's like an actual collection. Mm-hmm. We take great pride in like what we brought in and what we're offering to people. It's something different. I mean, we still have to work through the OLCC, so we can't go crazy and bring in exactly what we want. But working through their system, seeing what they have, learning actually how the OLCC <laughs> works, because yeah, we have to order through them. Um, we just like offering different stuff that you're not going to find here, especially yeah. here on the coast. It's mm-hmm. it's very difficult to find some of this. There's another whiskey bar down in like Canyon Beach, um, Manzanita. But, uh, so they're far enough away. It's not like competition. And the more people drinking whiskey on the coast, the better. But we love having different stuff.
0: Yeah. I think that when I... um The first time I came in um, <clears throat> to the bar, I think I sat down and I just came up with the first whiskey, just random whiskey that I've never tried yeah. and was just super curious about. And I think it was... I think it's called Habiki. Oh, the Habiki
3: Harmony. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, you know, like, yeah, I want to try Habiki. And sure enough, here it was. And I don't remember. I think you might have have grabbed it for me. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. And so the uh, and it's just, yeah, it, it's amazing. Like the uh, I, 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 I like I imagine like most people can maybe name like five or ten. Yeah. different whiskeys, right? Or you have a couple that you really kind of enjoy and then you start getting like, you know, the information starts getting a little fuzzy. To be able to just play around and go like, you know what, this sounds awesome, I wanna try this and then roll up in a shop and be able to try and it. have it, yeah. yeah we also awesome. just love
3: people coming in and we don't treat people like funny because they don't know we're not snobs about it. Like no, mm-hmm. it's it's so much whiskey education. It's such stories behind every bottle and everything that we want to yeah. we want to promote that. We don't want you coming in feeling funny or bad because you don't know more than three or four whiskeys. Like you tell me what you like. You know, me and Corey are both very good at being able to like. Okay, well you've had that. We have that if you want to. But also maybe you'd like this.
1: Like try yeah. this other one. Like let's move you in this direction a little bit. Nice. And the reason why Ben curates is because of his vast experience with whiskey. I don't know if we touched on that, mm-hmm. but. Well, I was, I was fortunate
3: enough in 2015 to move to Scotland, and I got to live there for a little over two years. Yeah. And I got a job there. Well, one, drinking whiskey and learning about whiskey just from living there. Uh-huh. But I got a job at the place called the Scotch Whiskey Experience as a tour guide. Wow. So my job was to tell people all about Scotch, all about Scotland, and, and just really focus on that. And I you, just fell in love with it.
0: You went to the Scotch Whiskey, like, holy land. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, awesome. I loved it. And I'm going to go back just um, – Where you're talking about like how important it is that you don't want to treat anybody like you know they don't want to treat anybody like an asshole because they don't know a whole lot about whiskey or making sure that you're providing experience for them that they can really enjoy the uh, um i want to tell you guys like the moment that i knew that this place was going to be successful uh, about six months ago, you guys got a Google review for two stars, right? And so now, the that's date, my was favorite anyone, review. That's anyone, our best one. We don't know, know. which one you're that's talking about. No, no, it would be the. Uh, we're not. We're not going to name the was individual. That, was that your review? No, you, <laughs> know, it wasn't me. you guys. Somebody responded to mine. Mine's sitting on there. The uh, but say um, but we're not going to call a person out. You can no. you can go on Google and see it. They left their name. But the. Uh, um, did anyone here, was it one of you guys who answered that? Yeah, I did. You did, and so I, as soon as I read that review, I knew that this place was gonna be successful. Uh, do you remember the review? Because I wrote <laughs> it down, and I have it right here. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs>
1: it said something the equivalent of great place. He said nice place. Nice place. he, he gave Two a, stars. He gave a star for each word.
0: <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> okay, That's... And do you remember what you said back?
1: Um, I, I, think I said something the effect of, um, we're glad you had a nice time and mm-hmm. liked our place. Please tell us what we nice can do place. to earn those additional three stars.
0: Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was basically it. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Glad you liked it. Could you tell us how we can earn more than two stars from you? Thanks! Exclamation point. And it was at that, at that moment, I'm like, this place is going to do all right. Right? Because a lot, and on, on some real shit, a lot of businesses would look at that and go, fuck you, dude. And then just ignore it. Right? Or not respond to it. Or be like, you clearly thought it was a nice place with only two stars, Jack, or whatever, right? But you guys genuinely care about the experience of the individuals who come in, right? You're genuinely trying to curate an experience for them here to make sure that they have an enjoyable time, that they're getting, uh, potentially, they're getting something new, right? That they're getting something that they, didn't even know existed, right? And so I knew, I knew the moment that I read that review, right? Because anybody can respond nicely to, you know, four- and five-star reviews, which I think are the rest of them on there right now. The, uh, but just the way that you guys handled that, yeah, I knew that you guys were going to be it. I knew you were going to be in it.
1: Well, now that two-star is a blessing, right? Because mm-hmm. some people, when they look at reviews, they go to the worst reviews first. <laughs> yeah, and uh-huh. that's um, the worst one. Nice place. Yeah. So, okay. Two stars. We'll, yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I do. Uh, so I do social media management for uh, for an organization here in town, and that's that's the whole thing. Like anytime anybody leaves any sort of negative comment or anything like that, that's an opportunity for you to be able to show who you are. And you guys, you guys did, you did so well done. Cheers. The uh, um. One of the things that we wanted to talk about just a little bit with the time that we've got left uh, Michael was the lessons you took from tech and from previous ventures and how those how those business principles Applied to whiskey right how much crossover did you experience Uh,
1: a lot more than I expected Mm -hmm. actually? Um, You know you always have that fear that maybe you're out of your depth and this is a totally different business Mm -hmm. What the hell am I doing right and then when you start Putting some of those uh, pieces of wisdom that you've gathered from previous experiences and apply it here and you realize, wow, it's actually working. This is pretty cool. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, We have a whiskey passport. Um, I don't know if we have one here, but um, it encourages, it's a loyalty program essentially Mm -hmm. for customers. And it gives them an incentive to go through pretty much the entire collection and finish different categories. And they get stamps every time they get a cocktail, every time they get a whiskey. whiskey. And when they finish categories, they get a reward. And it's kind of a surprise for them. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it this fun, almost gamified adventure for people. It's good for us as a business because we're encouraging people to come back and it's fun for them. They're getting, like you said, an experience.
0: Where did you use that um, that, that particular model or that particular like incentive uh, previously?
1: I would just say any any loyalty program you mm-hmm. put in place with customers and uh, and compliant brick and mortar, but in software too. If you use our software, uh, so often you'll get a reward. If you refer friends, you'll get additional rewards. Just kind of making it more fun, tapping into the kind of reward center of the brain, if you will, to get people to interact with you more.
0: Yeah, because I can think, uh, I, I can think of quite a few friends and family who are like, no, nope, this is this is my drink, just <laughs> this one, this is it, this is all I do, this is the one I want. Yeah, How yep. often you guys that experience lot, that? A yeah. yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Like per like percentage. Yeah. Of you know percentage of individuals who are like this is what I want versus like uh, explorers at heart. But
2: I mean, even those people, I would
0: say, branch
2: out after you know they come in and, and do it. You know, four or five times in a row, they'll get the Lafroy, 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 Lafroy. Uh, now we want to try some Lagavulin, like because yeah. we you know constantly push it on them that like hey, you like that? Why don't you try this? Oh no, I, I just want my Lafroy. Well, how about now? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe today. Like maybe they're they're afraid
3: because they know they like that, so they get that. But if they come enough and they feel comfortable, and that's what yeah. we try to do is make people feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. that it, no, it's okay. Like it's all right. Like come yeah. on we'll take you on this whiskey or cocktail
2: adventure. Like it's okay. And our flights are a great way to do that because then mm-hmm. you get to try three different whiskeys at a time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that whiskey that they're obsessed with, that they don't get anything else but that mm-hmm. is might be on the flight and then they get two others to compare it with Rancher. the yeah. one they like
1: and we did a little thing different you know if you look at our whiskey bible that's what we call it it's uh-huh. got a lot of choices and it's kind of overwhelming yeah. right so obviously these two guys yeah. help somebody guide them to the right solution if you will yeah. but also we did something different as well we added tasting notes to all the whiskeys mm-hmm. you know usually when you go to a whiskey place, there's just this long list of names like yeah I have no No idea what to get. So at least if you have an idea, hey, you know, I kinda like caramel, you know, I kinda like apple, Uh uh, you can actually go through our whiskey list and find the flavor profiles that you would most enjoy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we have people come in and literally say everything from the single flavor that they like to a region that they like, mm-hmm. or a cask finish that they like, mm-hmm. and and we can you know direct them from there. Yeah. Even people who go, I, this is my first time in a whiskey bar. I've never drank whiskey before. I had one of those guys in here just two mm-hmm. or three days ago, and he loved it. He loved. It. All three of the whiskeys he had, and it was because he's a rum drinker that I pointed him towards our "Why's the Rum Gone?" flight, which is our little <laughs> little uh, joke towards the. Uh-huh. Uh, what was that? A little Pirates of the Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, of Caribbean. Yeah. and so it's all whiskeys yeah. finished in rum casks, and so he really okay. enjoyed himself trying yeah. to have that little transition crossover between yeah. what he usually drinks and his first whiskey experience. Well,
3: whiskey's such a broad term; it really means a lot, uh, but people don't know that. They just think the term whiskey but there's so many different directions and different flavor profiles you can go. And so for people to come in and like to trust us, to, to make them feel comfortable to like, like that, like I've never had it, but I like ramen and, and then they get to the flight and then they end up loving it. You know, yeah. that's, that just feels so good. Kind of these people these things, you know, to let them have that experience.
2: Or one of my favorite things is somebody comes in and goes, I don't like scotch, I hate scotch, no scotch. Uh-huh. I pour them a little dram, what about this? Oh, I like that. That's Scotch, <laughs> oh, that's scotch my friend. So,
0: after all of this, I've learned two things from from this from this conversation we've been having. Uh, is one, uh, trust your trust your whiskey bartender, and two, I've been pronouncing Lagavulin wrong my entire life, and my whole life. And well, then, we, uh, we can thank Ben for the pronunciation word. here, because so I still butcher it right. once in a while. <laughs> Wait until you get into the glens. So many glens. So many glens. <laughs> glens <for today. laughs> nice. So, uh, with, with a little bit of time that we've got left, um, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like you guys to just, like, speak and provide some advice for individuals who might, who might be thinking about opening a bar, who might be thinking about, like, maybe they want to be, like, you know, a whiskey expert or a master bartender or, you know, they want to, you know, they want to open a, a bar, a whiskey bar, a shop, right? Because there's a lot of people like me. Like, I, I wanted to open a bar. That's, that was a dream. That was something yeah. that I really wanted to do, right? It didn't come around. I did other things. But there's a lot of folks that think about it. And for those folks that are just waiting for that, for just that, that little push or that little extra to be able to get them going what advice would you have? Who, who wants to start? Michael. Uh,
1: sure. <laughs> um, I, I guess my advice also transcends just opening a bar too, quite frankly. Um, and, and as this is somewhat generic advice, but everybody knows ideas are worth uh, close to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the execution that counts and it's the execution and the details that really matter. But you also need passion, right? So if you've got an idea and passion, you got to have that to start. That's your starting ingredient. But then beyond that, you have to question your own idea and question your assumptions. Like, you know, a lot of times when we were talking about doing whiskey bar, people would say, We have enough bars in Astoria. And so my first response though was, Well, we're not just opening another bar. No. We're doing something different. And you use the word experience, and that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is create a unique experience, different service consistently friendly, mm-hmm. surprisingly hard to find, right. uh, amazingly knowledgeable, <laughs> Two <stops>. and then <laughs> yeah, <Two stops>. <laughs> <laughs> nice place. You, you go down that list though, you, you got service, you've got the environment, right, okay. the, everything from the design and just like the feel you get when you walk into a place, and then you've got the product assortment and selection, so you go down that list, zoom, 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 zoom. you look at the rest of the marketplace and you say is this different, is this what people are looking for, and then you can, and we validated that, you know, we, we actually started asking people and measured, you know, our assumptions right about the rest of the marketplace and then was like all right let's go for it so it wasn't just an idea Mm -hmm. it wasn't just passion it was making sure that the idea would you know uh, would stand the test of time and and be unique and different from what everybody else is doing yeah because I you know you can open up just another brewery in Astoria but we have a ton of breweries already you can you might have the passion you might know how to make great beer but if we've already got seven breweries you have to ask yourself does the town want an eighth
0: yeah and you can either be best or first, and you guys decided to be both. Corey? <laughs> so,
2: um, I guess to build on what Michael was saying is to kind of know your clientele and what you're getting into and the area that you're working in. Um, but also, don't pigeonhole yourself into catering to those people. Like like I said, the people that come in and they want the one thing, they want that one thing. Mm-hmm. Be willing to bend and um, try to... Try to bring people more options, I suppose, is what I would say, is, is uh, take them out of their comfort zone if you can. And uh, don't, be, uh, don't be hurt if they don't want to go out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got to have something for everybody. Just, yeah, comfort and uniqueness, I guess, is the kind of fine line we're trying to ride. Cool. Ben? All right. Um advice for any
0: advice. burgeoning whiskey experts out there. <laughs> I mean just don't be afraid and just taste follow it. It your passion <laughs> and
3: and put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And just like this, I heard about this place. I was talking with a friend at like a local coffee shop at 314 and it, it's kind of led this direction to here, but don't be afraid to Put yourself out there to look for things to happen, just to be part of the moment, and yeah, and yeah don't be afraid.
0: And I don't think we clarified this. I know that we talked about this before. I don't know that we clarified this. Um, Corey and Ben, you guys are now co-owners. Yes, as yes. Far as like, like you guys, you guys went from employee behind the bar <coughs> to you know owning this as well. Yes. Yeah. How's it feel? It's it great, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so
3: nice. Once again, it was very unexpected. So this whole yeah. path, you when I moved to story two years ago, there's there wasn't a whiskey bar. Mm-hmm. I was
2: working at Fort George for a year while I just kind of waited and watched for things to happen, and this yeah. is what happened.
3: It's amazing.
2: Yeah, nice. yeah. I and guess so- we both kind of brought our passions to the project, yeah. and now it's you know <clears throat> coming to fruition that we're actually part owners and and that uh, rewarded. For <laughs> that yeah, passion. exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So real quick, um, last question in the amount of time that we've got left: the uh, um, how many individuals told you that this was a dumb idea?
1: I don't know if I have a number but definitely more than a few. Uh-huh. They made use the, they didn't use the word dumb but uh there was kind of a roll of the eyes and like I said there's enough bars in a story why do we need another bar? And you could even see it on social media when the uh, daily Historian article came out. Some uh-huh. of the comments were, "Oh, that's all we oh, need right. is just another bar." Uh-huh. Yeah. And I wanted to reply, "It's not going to be just another bar," yeah. but but you're right, you're going to get nasty. I mean, we need to reply and show them. Yep. And yeah. showed them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so, no, just shutting out the naysayers. Yeah. Well,
3: some people want to be just negative. People focus on negative. A story's not that big of a place. so people love the negative story. Mm-hmm. So to rise above and be like, we're not going to talk negative. We're just going to keep it up here, and we're just going to rise above that
0: and keep going. That's why you guys are killing it. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am so grateful that you guys came out. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. I look forward to coming out again. The, uh, um, for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with Josh from Coffee or Waffle. Don't miss that one. (laughs) Until then, get to it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe, turn on those notifications so you don't miss an episode. You can also keep up with Headphones Recommended on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Contact us there. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, go get it.